Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Today on an all-new Dr. Phil. What do you think happened to your mother? They said that my dad killed her. Their mother vanished. Kimmy has not been found, either dead or alive, and no arrests have been made. Their father under suspicion. Why haven't they arrested him for this? Their baby brother, an innocent victim. Mike pulled out a buck knife, and he said, now I'm going to have to kill the baby. Did he kill his own son? Now, the daughters speak out. You think he had something to do with your mom's disappearance? If he was able to do it to my brother, he probably did something to my mom, too. Plus, the woman who claims he confessed to her. He said, I'm going to tell you what I did to Kim. I know things are tough out there, but we can do this. If it matters to you, that's what I want to talk about. 10 seconds to end. We love you. Well, thank you. This is going to be a changing day in your life. Fit, ready, camera five. Three, take track. Go, Dr. Phil. Let's do it. I want you to imagine something for me. Imagine growing up without your mother. One day, she just vanishes, and you hear people whispering that your dad was somehow involved in her disappearance. Now think about it. Think about your own mother. And think about the fact that there is someone that never got the chance to know their own mother, never got to know who she was, what she smelled like, the sound of her voice, what her favorite things were. And they don't even know if she's dead or alive. She just disappeared. Well, today we're going to go in depth with a story that will break your heart. It will make you stop and hug your children. It will make you seek out and hug your mother. It will make you not take things for granted. It's a shocking story that has had a ripple effect on so many generations, from the children to the parents to the grandparents. And all of them have asked for my help. Now, we're talking about Kimberly Medina. She went missing when her girls were just two and three years old. Now, 14 years later, Kimmy's father, John, has never stopped looking for his daughter, but feels that he may have made a huge mistake with his granddaughters. Back in October of 96, my son-in-law told me that my daughter, Kimberly, walked to the nearby gas station to get a pack of cigarettes, and she disappeared. Kimmy and I were super close. She was a great sister. I had a choir concert, and Kimmy was supposed to be there that night. When Kimmy first didn't show up to the concert, we knew something was wrong immediately. The day before Kimmy's disappearance, she told her immediate supervisor that her husband, Mike, had threatened her. And if she was so much as 10 minutes late to work, to call the police because she feared for her life. I was certain of foul play then. Social services figured Mike to be a fit father, and the children left with him and vanished for eight years. I had no contact. When Mike disappeared with the girls, I think the whole family was just stunned. 
We couldn't believe it, because why would he run with the girls? I haven't seen my granddaughters for three years now. I would love to have a lot of time with my granddaughters, and I'm hoping that sooner than later, they'll want to get to know me. I spoke with my oldest granddaughter briefly on my cell phone, and I told her about going to the Dr. Phil show. And for a minute, a minute I heard something that I wanted to hear. She was happy. She wanted to talk to me. She wanted to see me, and I want to hear that again. I want to see her. Well, the girls are here today, and we'll meet them later. But first, I want to tell you about an amazing woman named Becky. Michael met her soon after Kimmy disappeared, and she was the one that stepped in and raised those girls when she was still just a teenager herself. I first met Mike about a year and a half after Kimmy disappeared. Mike had two daughters, Nika and Marissa. They were two and three. I didn't know very much about Kimmy's disappearance. I just knew that she disappeared. No details or anything. The girls talked about their mom sometimes. They just knew that she was missing. They didn't remember anything. Mike had convinced my granddaughters that their mother ran away years ago. From the moment that I met the girls, they had no contact with their grandfather, John. Looking back, I wished I would have just fought harder for my grandchildren. I was there for everything when they were crying and when they would get hurt, I was there. They were so accepting of me. I was happy to be their mother. The relationship between Mike and I was difficult. Mike was pretty controlling with me. He did want me all to himself. He separated me from my family. He pretty much knew everything that I did. About six years into the relationship, Mike and I had a little boy named Diggin. It was a happy time, I thought. Our relationship became pretty violent. There were a few times where he choked me and he would slam me down to the ground backwards. A few times I was holding the baby. He would just snap. I finally decided to leave Mike. I wasn't able to take the girls because he told me that they weren't mine. It hurt them. They missed their brother a lot. It broke my heart when I had to leave him. Now, Becky knew that Michael was abusive, but she had no idea what was about to unfold. While Mike and I were separated, I went to go pick up Dagan from Mike's apartment. The girls were in school at this time. When I went into the apartment, Mike shut the door behind me and locked it. And he pulled out a buck knife. And he said, you should have never left me because now I'm going to have to kill the baby. Now I'm going to hurt you. I'm going to take him from you like you took him from me. And I just tried to stay as calm as I could because I didn't want the baby to know. You know, I. I didn't want him to be afraid. I was so scared for my little boy. I was so worried. The girls had come home and he's like, you better not tell him what I've told you I'm gonna do. He wouldn't let us out of his sight. He actually took a shower that night and made us stand in the shower with him so he would know where we were the whole time. By the end of the night, he tied my feet so I couldn't leave. Finally, after everything, he fell asleep. The baby fell asleep, Dagan was in between us and I just laid there like, what am I gonna do? In the morning, I convinced him that my family's gonna know if I don't come around that something is wrong. I said I'd be back in like an hour. And he would joke, he would say, do you wanna take the baby? And I would say, yeah. Of course. And he would laugh and say, no, he can't. And I grabbed the baby. I picked Dagan up. 
I just quickly kissed him. <laughs> and I said goodbye. And I left. I knew that I had to tell somebody. That was the whole reason I left. I had to tell somebody and get someone over there to get my son out. So I just went. I went to my aunt's, and at the time she worked through the sheriff's office, and she knew people. So I told her what happened, and she called one of the one of the investigators that she knew, and the police showed up to the house within 20 minutes. But he saw them coming. He got the kids, and he left the apartment. He had all three of them with him. I got a call, and it was Mike, and he just kept saying, "Why did you tell on me? Now look what you made me do. Now I have to do it." When we come back, did a father do the unthinkable? Did he kill his own son? Plus, Becky recounts the chilling details of what she says Mike confessed to her about killing Kimberly. He let me talk to the baby. He would say, Mommy, like, you're Mike. He was prompting him to say goodbye. He said, I'm gonna tell you what I did to Kim. He stepped behind her, and I guess he pulled out the bat, and he just swung and hit her. Mike said he picked her up and he laid her in the hole he had dug. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. We need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. The first page of a book never tells the full story. And those news alerts and headlines, like the ones we get on our phones, don't even scratch the surface of what the story is really all about. Stories are like people, multi-layered and complex. It takes some digging to find the truth, but when we find it, it can change our world. We like to dig. The news on Merritt Street, essential television. Talking today about a story so horrific that it's hard to wrap your head around. It's a story that has affected generations of one family. First, a dad whose daughter mysteriously disappeared, leaving his two grandchildren behind in the hands of their father, Mike, who was very much under suspicion. The girls grew to know a new mother, their dad's girlfriend, Becky. She raised the girls for seven years before having a baby boy with Mike named Dagan. Now, soon after, Mike became violent with Becky, and when she tried to separate from him and take their son, he threatened to kill the little boy. Here's what happened. I got a call, and it was Mike, and he just kept saying, why did you tell on me? Now, look what you made me do. Now I have to do it. And then they went to a park to play, and then they walked into this field. He was talking to me on the phone. I had no idea that they were there. He let me talk to the baby. I would say, I love you. He would say, Mommy, like, you're Mike. He was prompting him to say goodbye. He said, I love you. And he hung up. 
Mike made the girls say goodbye to Dagan, and um, he just told the girls that he was gonna run away with him and that he wouldn't see them for a long time. They kept begging him to let them go too. And he wouldn't let them. He gave him a note with numbers to call to run back into town and call for someone to come get them. And he made them say goodbye. They ran as fast as they could back into town and called their uncle and he came and picked them up. A couple of hours passed. One of the officers came in and told me that a farmer saw Mike dumping a body in a field. There was a murky pool of water. The police had told me then that Mike um, had drowned Dagan. I have to cope with the, the idea that he's never coming back. And I have to try to help the girls understand that he's never coming back again. It's really sad for them. They struggle with that like every day. Well, as if that's not enough, there's something else that haunts Becky about this horrific day. Those are the chilling details that Mike gave about what he says happened to Kimmy. I had gone over to Mike's apartment to pick up the baby. He said, you should have never left me. And he kept saying, I'm not afraid to do something. I'm not scared because I got away with it once. I'm going to tell you what I did to Kim so you know that I'm serious. So he told me that he went and dug a hole somewhere. He went to go pick her up from her job, and the girls were with him in the, in the car. They got to the spot, and the girls stayed in the truck. Um, and I guess when he got out of the truck, he said he slid a baseball bat down the back of his jacket, and she didn't see it. He said he stepped behind her, and I guess he pulled out the bat and he just swung and he hit her. And she fell down and he kept hitting her. He said he picked her up and he laid her in the hole he had dug. And he started to bury her. And he noticed that she was looking at him. Mike told me he got down in the hole and he turned. And he turned her so that she couldn't see him. And he continued to just bury her. And then he said when he was done, he like listened to the ground and he could hear her still moaning. And he just went home with the girls. Well, joining me now are Kimmy's father, John, Kimmy's half-sister, Kendra, and Becky, who has raised uh, Kimmy's daughters. Um, John, I, I know that's just um, absolutely horrific for you to, to hear that account of what he says took place with your daughter. What do you say to yourself about that when you hear it? I went a long time never knowing, you just kind of imagined. I, I wish that she ran away, like he said. And to go that many years without seeing 
my granddaughters, and, and then I, I still didn't know what happened to Kimmy until I was in court listening to the coroner talk about the measurable sand in Dagan's stomach and lungs. And then the detective told the story that nobody should have to go through this. And why haven't they arrested him for this? And what you're referring to is at this point, Kimmy has not been found, either dead or alive, and no arrests have been made in her disappearance. That's correct. And, and Becky, you've told the police what he told you. You've shared all of this with them in the same detail that you've shared it here, but they say that's not enough to arrest him. But he did confess and plead out concerning Dagan. Right. And yes. actually, he pled down from murder, I understand, and, and copped a plea to child abuse leading to the death of a child. Yes. Is that how it, it was framed? So he's serving 48 years in the penitentiary. Yeah. Up next, you're going to meet one of Kimmy's best friends. You're going to find out what she says the girls told her right after their mom went missing. And later, I met with Kimberly's daughter, Nika, now 16, and Marissa, now 15. Uh, we're going to see how they're doing as well. We'll be right back. think happened to your mother? I guess someone took her and she went missing. They said that my dad killed her, but I'm not sure. Kimberly Medina disappeared in October of 1996. Now she left behind two-year-old Marissa and three-year-old Nika. Now, many family members and friends believe that her husband, Mike, killed her and that the two daughters may have seen what happened to their mother. Now, while Mike was a person of interest, Kimberly's best friend, Sabrina, got custody of the two girls for a few weeks. And one day, Nika brought Sabrina some crayons and asked her to draw a picture for her. Now, Sabrina is joining us via Polycom video. Sabrina, thank you so much for joining us today. You're welcome. So tell us about this, um, this, this point in time uh, when Nika came to you with crayons. What did she say and what did she ask you to draw? Um, Nika used to call me her aunt. So she came up to me and she said, Auntie, can you draw a picture? I'm trying to find my mommy. And she brought the grants and the um, paper. And I asked her what to draw and that she told me to draw a truck. She couldn't explain the trailer, say trailer. She just actually told me to draw on the back of the truck. And that's where her mom was. 
Then she told me to draw mountains in the background and a hole, and that her mom hole, and there was water in there, and her mom was going to drown and die. And if I can get mom out of the hole. At the time, did she give you any details at all about what, about the hole in the ground, about uh, her, her mother being in it? Did she say anything else about it? She just told me that that cuckoo man put her inside of the hole and she can't figure out how to get her mom out if I could go and help her. I didn't know where her mom was and I asked where it was and she said, I don't know, it's just in a hole. Do you believe that she saw something? I do believe she saw something. She was too descriptive on it. Um, then we tried to explain it to them, but then that's when they took the girls out of our custody because they thought we were telling stuff and put stuff in their head. Let's just take a break. And when we come back, my conversation uh, with Nika and Marissa about their mother uh, and their little brother, Dagan. We'll talk to them when we come back. Kimmy was walking to the store and was abducted. What do you think? Do you think he had something to do with her disappearance? Yeah, because if he was able to do it to my brother, I think he probably did something to her too. We are the real Brady Bros. Brady Brothers from the TV show Brady Bunch. I'm Barry Williams. And I'm Christopher Knight. I played Greg. And uh, who were you again? I played Peter. We've decided that we're going to do a podcast around episodes of the Brady Bunch. We're going to use it as a prism to look back to our experience doing the show and why the Brady Bunch is still popular. Have a sunshine day. We are the real Brady, Brady Bros. Bros. and Marissa's mother disappeared 14 years ago. They were two and three at the time. Now, many believe that their father, Mike, killed their mother. Now, I say many believe that because he hasn't been charged with it, he hasn't been convicted. He is, however, in prison on a 48-year term uh, associated with the death of his son, uh, Dagan. Now, the girls are now 15 and 16. Now, I met with the two of them yesterday Here's what they had to say about their mom and her disappearance. Well, hey, girls. How are y'all? Good. What's your understanding about what we're going to talk about today? My mom and Dagan and just us, I guess. You know, I kind of became aware of the situation with your mom, mm -hmm. Kimmy, and your brother, Dagan, I guess a week or two ago. I wanted to talk to you guys to kind of get your point of view, but I don't want to talk about anything you don't want to talk about, so it's, but I assume you guys are okay to talk about it? Mm -hmm. All right. How old were you when your mom disappeared? I think I was three. You were three, so you would have been two? Yeah. What do you think happened to your mother? What my dad told us is that it was like late at night and she had to go to the gas station and get cigarettes, and that I guess someone took her and she went missing, and ever since then, he, has, he doesn't know what happened. We've heard a lot of things, so I don't know what to, to say. 
Mm, I'm just curious what you think and, and what you know, if, any, if you remember anything about it at all. They said that he killed her, but I'm not sure. Tell me about Sabrina. We still keep in contact. Like She'll talk to us here and there just to ask how we're doing. She remembers that you asked her to um, draw a picture because you couldn't draw very well. I asked her if she would kind of recreate what she drew. And <laughs> that's what she said you asked her to draw. Does that ring any bells? No, but that kind of looks like my dad's truck that he, we used to drive in. Uh -huh. We used to have a trailer in the back of it too. And that's probably where we live because the mountains. Mountains. Yeah. I have no idea what that is. <laughs> yeah. She said you said that this was some kind of a hole. No recollection of that at all? Mm. What do you remember about your dad? Mm, everything. <laughs> how, how do you feel about him at this point? I'm just so confused. I don't know. I'm just kind of mad at him. How about you? More like shocked and like upset. Do you have any contact with him now? A little bit, but not much. Do you want to talk to him on the phone? No. Yeah, how about you? Yeah, I, I do. I, I want to. I was more of the daddy's girl. <laughs> okay, now, how do you feel seeing the girls? They're, They're growing beautiful. right up, right? They are gorgeous. Yeah. Are you surprised to hear her say she doesn't recall the picture in any way? No, but I, I'm very relieved actually that she doesn't because I think it's just that much more of a horrific thing for her to go through if she would have really recollected what happened the way Becky explained. You mentioned about there being pink on a figure, a, a body. What do you recall about that? Why, why do you remember that? It was uh, about the second week after Kimmy had disappeared and we were babysitting the girls for Mike and Nika was with my wife in our bedroom and she evidently looked over the back of the bed and looked at my wife and said, um, mommy's pink and in a hole and cuckoo man killed mommy referring to their dad as this person. That's the day that a lot of the authorities came in and it was the last unsupervised visitation I'd have had before they vanished. You want to know if he's done this horrible, horrible thing, you want him to tell you where your daughter is? I would love that. I feel it's only, you know, like a human thing to do. Why would you not want to? He was married to her. It's his wife. Why wouldn't you want to bury her? Well, and I want you to know that we are making substantial efforts for me to get to talk to him in prison in Colorado. And I am going to try to do that. And I'm going to try to do everything I can to get him to tell us what he knows. I'm gonna sit down with him and, and do what I can to get him to tell me where Kimmy is. 
Thank you. The prison has agreed to um, let me in, but he has to agree to sit down and talk with me. And um, I'll do the best I can, I promise you. Thank you. When we come back, the girls describe the chilling details about the day their brother drowned. You're going to find out why they feel they could have prevented his death at just 10 and 11 years old, which, of course, is just wrong thinking. Um, this ripple effect just continues to another generation. I want to say he didn't, but there's a little bit of me that says he did. He did, but it's kind of hard to believe that he did. If you would like to purchase a tape or transcripts of your favorite Dr. Phil show, please log on to drphil.com or call 866-4-DR-PHIL. That's 866-437-7445. 866-437-7445. Monica and Marissa's mother disappeared 14 years ago. Now, they were two and three at the time. Now, many believe that their father, Mike, killed their mom. Now, Mike had a son with Becky, the woman the girls now call mom. And when the girl's brother, Dagan, was just 16 months old, Mike told the girls to kiss him and say goodbye. A few hours later, his body was found in a field. He had drowned. Now, this devastated these girls, as you can well imagine. We talked about it yesterday, and I did this outside the presence of the audience because I just felt like it was better that we had a, a, a private sit-down. What do you remember uh, about the day that Dagan was killed? What happened that day? I remember waking up. My mom and dad were talking in the bedroom. My brother was there. He was jumping on the bed, and then she left, and then we went to the park, and we just pretty much played with Dagan that whole day. Before we left the park, he told us that he was going to be leaving and he was going to take Dagan with him. And then he walked. We went to the field and my dad talked to my mom on the phone. And he was yelling at her and stuff. And then my dad told us that we should probably start going back and call my uncle for a ride. But that if we had, but we couldn't tell my uncle where he was. And then he told us both that we should um, give them their last hug for a while because he won't see us for a long time. And then he told us to walk back, but when we start walking back, not to look back. So me and Marissa were like, okay, that's kind of weird. So we hugged them both and then we started going back and we both didn't look back. And then we called my uncle. We told him to come get us. And then when my uncle came, he asked us where my dad was, and we were both like, we don't know where my dad went, because we were scared that my dad would do something. Like, I don't know, like we'd get grounded or something if we told. My, we drove around for a while looking for my dad, 
and we both knew we, where he was. We were just scared to say anything. And we went to my uncle's house, and right when we got there, all kinds of cops were there. And then they took us in a cop car, and we went back to where we lived at the time. My mom was there, and we saw her crying. Then finally, they told us that my brother died, and that they think that my dad probably did it. Did your dad do it? To tell you the truth, I have no idea. Like, I want to say he didn't, but there's a little bit of me that says he did. I don't know. I, I think he did, but it's kind of hard to believe that he did. Because, I mean, he was a good father, I guess, you know what I mean? Did your dad do it? Do you know how it happened? He said that he drowned him. Did you ever see him again after that, your dad? Mm-mm. Yeah, we haven't seen him since then. Why do you think he told you to say goodbye to him and to hug him? Well, what he told us at the park that day, that they were going to just go on, like, a vacation, kind of. This is probably the last time we're going to see him for a while. It just breaks my heart that he did that on a time that he was around you guys. It breaks my heart that he did it at all. I mean, do you ever think you should have stayed or you, there's something you could have done? That whole day, we, me and Marissa, would, we kept thinking we should have said to actually go there and to actually go to where he was. Any questions you have for me? When you heard our story, what did you think? Your dad has pled guilty, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, Kimmy was walking to the store and was abducted. I don't know. What do you think? Do you think he had something to do with her disappearance? Yeah, because if he was able to do it to my brother, I think he probably did something to her too. I thought it was a good idea to bring the girls out on stage so they would be comfortable. Because our key here is to not traumatize these girls at all. I really really hope, and I'll say this in front of your mom. You know, I said I thought it was terrible that what happened with Dagan happened in a day that you guys were around. I, I really hope you know at like 10 and 11 years old, there's nothing you could have done to alter the course of events. I mean, you get that, don't you? Mm -hmm. you know, I don't want you thinking that you should have done this or should have done that, because that's just, uh, that's asking too much of 10-year-old kids, for God's sakes. Yeah. I hope y'all know that. I just wanted to get that said. So and we'll talk some more tomorrow and kind of go from there. And I want to introduce Dr. Frank Lawless. Uh, he's the chairman of our advisory board here at the Dr. Phil Show, which is made up of experts from around the country that we use as resources to draw on. So we're always on the cutting edge of information. Um, Dr. Lawless, at this point, there, I think you and I have talked and we concur that there don't seem to be any warning signs of, of any PTSD or whatever's going on at, at this juncture, but uh, for this family and for all families out there, there can be trigger events as these girls hit different developmental stages in their life that could bring some of this back to the forefront. 
And so we have to be mindful and watchful of that, true? That's absolutely right, especially if they get involved with some very high stress uh, situation that reminds them of this kind of childhood experience. Yeah, they, and this might happen when they would begin to date. Uh, they got into an intense relationship when they start having children. What would be some of the trigger events? Well, especially with uh, the dealing with uh, heterosexual relationships, there might be some kind of you know, stress that would, re like I said, be almost similar to the kind of situation that they experienced when they were very young. When we come back, Nika and Marissa are going to join us. Uh, they're going to see their grandfather and their aunt for the first time in just over three years. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. Well, John's daughter, Kimberly, disappeared 14 years ago. She had two little girls, Nika, then three, and Marissa, then two. Now, John and his daughter, Kendra, Kimberly's younger sister, have not seen the girls in over three years. Uh, but they're here now. Nika and Marissa, come out and join us, if you would. Jump up. So, uh, how they look to you there, Granddad? Beautiful. Yeah. Very beautiful. Kendra, what do you think? I just can't believe how big they are. Yeah. So pretty. They're, they're growing right up. Well, do you, you feel like you're on display here? You haven't seen them <laughs> in like three years, and uh, and uh, we bring you out here in front of everybody. So, you guys went a long time without seeing your grandfather and without seeing your aunt as well. How do you feel about these guys? I mean, are, are these, is this a relationship you would like to have in your lives? I mean, this is kind of, and the reason I ask that is because this is kind of the, the connection to your biological mom. I mean, I know this is your mother here and we're all so proud of, of Becky and, and so grateful for what she's done with y'all. But these are the connections to your biological mother and, and Kimmy. What's your thought about all that? I love them both. Yeah. <laughs> and you're happy to have a relationship oh, yeah. with these guys? Why? Because yeah. they're a family, too. Yeah. And um, Marissa, how about you? Yeah. <laughs> you have to make a sentence here. You have to say <laughs> something. She's the quiet one. She's the quiet but, but tough one. She's, she's quiet and strong, but uh, are, are you glad to see your grandfather and your aunt? Yeah. Yeah? Why? It's been a long time since I've seen him. Yeah, it's been like three years. So what do you hope to have in relationship with these girls? Kate, and a phone call every now and then would be great. Yeah. Some vacations. Just uh, something together time. Yeah. Good times. See, grandparents have a mission in life, and that's to spoil their grandkids. So this, would, this could work out really well for you. 
<laughs> this could work out really, really well. Uh, so you could let him spoil you and take you places. And I, I think it would be really good for your history across time to kind of have this connection here. Why did you want to talk about this and, and, and be part of this process? Why was that important to you? I guess to let everybody know our story, I guess. Yeah. Do you talk about this much with your mom? Yeah, sometimes, not really. Yeah. No. Yeah, sometimes not really. <laughs> that didn't come from our side well, of the family. <laughs> <laughs> I, I talk about them a lot, but it hurts to talk about them still. Yeah, it still does. And you know, there are times that even though you may not have a lot to say, that mom there just maybe needs a, a big hug through all of this as well. Because this, is, this has been really hard for her, but yet she's been real busy with you guys. So it seems like the three of y'all are working this out really, really well. And uh, I think you're really blessed in that regard. We're proud to, we're proud to have met y'all and proud to know you. We'll be right back. Want to know what's coming up on Dr. Phil? Visit drphil.com and subscribe to our email newsletter. Well, for all of you at home, and I know all of you in the studio audience, uh, isn't this just an inspirational and courageous family? Isn't this just a wonderful, wonderful family? If you have any information regarding the disappearance of Kimberly Medina, please contact Investigator Paul Goodman with the Attorney General's Office in Colorado. It's 303-866-5331. And we'll have that on the website, 303-866-5331. Now, for more information about the show and the, the case that we've been talking about and anything associated with this, you can go to drphil.com. If you're in a situation that John found himself in, uh, where the, the bond has been broken for whatever reason, uh, Dr. Lawless has written a book that's actually called Mending the Broken Bond. And that book is just terrific. And it is so action-oriented about what you need to do to reestablish that connection. Uh, with the people that you've lost that with. So, uh, Frank, I hope people pick it up and read it. You did a great job on that book. It's Mend the Broken Bond. So I, I hope you'll pick that up uh, if it's relevant to your life. We'll stay in touch with you guys. You know that I'm working with my staff here, efforting to get in front of Michael and try to persuade him to do the right thing here and bring some peace to this situation. And we'll stay in touch with you all. Kendra, it's so good to, to meet you. You two, you missed school today. <laughs> I'll give you a doctor's note. Thanks for being here. So long.